Welcome in, everyone. My name's Adam Katulak, and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Grum. What's up, Adam? Good to see you, man. Nice seeing you. And this is Two Cents Sports Talk. So uh, this is the first time Brian and I are together, you know, on a podcast. So it's Well, nice. first time since the second episode. Since I think we, episode. we did the first two the first two recordings way back when. Mm-hmm. So it's been just over a year so far since being in person. We've done most of our podcasts over the phone uh, through the Anchor app. So it's been a lot of... Made it a, a long ways, Adam. Yeah. Gone through a lot of trials and errors, some ups and downs, but... Yeah, we learned a lot Hanging about podcasting. Strong, man. It's been good. It's been good. So uh, I don't know what to do with my eyes, though. Yeah. Do I look at you, or like, what do I do with my eyes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man. But uh, we have a we have a pretty good show for you guys today. It's all about the NBA since it's All Star Weekend. Um, we have the Skills Challenge tonight, three point contest, and slam dunk contest, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about you know MVP candidates. You know how the uh, the draft order got is changed from uh, previous years a little bit. And then we're just going to talk about contenders and pretenders and just who we think has a shot to win the title. So to start, we're going to talk about what's happening tonight and um, which is this uh, skills challenge. So I just want to hear your opinions on that a little bit, Brian, and just mainly, you know, who you think is going to win and I guess why. Yeah. So skills challenge, you know, probably my uh, least favorite event of the all-star weekend not that i don't enjoy it but it's just not as entertaining to me which i feel like that's why they put it first you know mm-hmm. um but for the skills challenge i like how they have been doing the big man versus the the uh guard these mm-hmm. past few years it's kind of interesting because i think the big men have actually been able to win a majority of those i think like carl anthony towns won one year maybe Przingis. i don't know mm-hmm. but um for this year, I would have to go with Luka Doncic. I just think that he's fun, man. I mean, he was leading the league in uh, – well, leading the West in uh, all-star votes for a good quarter of the season, and then he just barely missed out on being an all-star, which yeah. would have been insane as a rookie, especially mm-hmm. at 19. Yeah. But um, I think that there's a lot, of, a lot of hype around him, and I think that it's very warranted. So I'm excited to see what he can do, especially – uh, at his first crack at this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I really like Luka Doncic and everything he's doing this year. We talked about him potentially being number one pick earlier this year. And, you know, with the season he's had, it wouldn't be out of the question to be like, okay, well maybe he should have went number one, you know? So <clears throat> I definitely think he should have as well. Yeah. He's Hindsight a lot of fun to watch. 2020, I yes. guess, but yes, you never know until you see it though. Right. But I mean, it's nice. Um, it's, there's a lot of interesting characters in this, uh, Contest as well. You have Trey Young, who they traded, you know, Luka Doncic for mm-hmm. with the Hawks. But um, I'm going to go with uh, Jason Tatum. I think that yeah. he's a really nice young talent. It's his second year. He really showed a lot his uh, in the playoffs uh, last year whenever Kyrie was hurt and just, you know, really exceeded expectations, I guess, early on, you know. And yeah. I mean, he should have went, I guess, number one, you know, la- uh, last year's draft. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was very impressive there. But yeah, I would say Jason Tatum would be the one that I think that's going to win it. I think he has an all-around game that's pretty solid. But it's it, crazy is he doesn't even feel like this is his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's like already a three or four-year player in the league just based on his playoff performance. You know? Yeah, yeah. The playoff was like a second season for him, which yeah. is very interesting as well. And I mean, I just think that he's going to be a good, you know, young talent for the years to come. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Celtics team. But I think that he'll be uh, pretty well, he'll excel pretty well tonight. Yeah. I, so, I put a little yeah. asterisk on my pick, though. Mm-hmm. 
Because after looking over all the names, I would also love to see the Joker win it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that he's definitely capable to do it. Yeah. I mean, he's – I mean, Denver's, what, two seed right now in the uh, yeah. West right now. and he's They were all in the one seed for that, yeah. a good part of the season too. Yeah, and it's rare to see a big man have that kind of impact on the game. And I think he's had a few triple-doubles. So, like, oh, yeah. you know, if any big guy's going to win the skill challenge this year, I think that he would be definitely – one of the top candidates for it. I don't have the stats pulled up right now, but I think he averages seven assists a game. Which yeah. Which is pretty impressive for a big man center. He's not ball handling the ball, yeah. bringing the ball down the court and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the next contest we have is a three-point shooting contest, and this is a pretty interesting one. You're just throughout the years, you have a bunch of big names playing. It's an exciting one because three-point shots are awesome. You have the clock down, uh, the clock ticking down. But um, I'm going to – Go with my pick here first, and I'm going to choose Steph Curry just because he's one of the greatest shooters of all time, if not the greatest shooter. So it's just, an, I think, an easy pick. But as, he's also from Charlotte. You know, his dad, Del Curry, played in Charlotte for a while, I believe, and um, went, to you know, went to Davidson. So it's just his home to him, you know what I mean? So I think that that'll be, uh, that'll be a big, you know, crowd boost for him as well. You know, Kemba Walker's there, so like the crowd's going to be rooting definitely for Steph Curry, Stephen Curry and Kemba Walker, but I think that Steph's going to pull it out. He's had a really good weekend <clears throat> with his family and just being back home, and he's really enjoyed it. He wanted to buy, you know, he talked to P. Diddy a little bit about buying the Panthers and wanted in on that, you know. Yeah, obviously, it didn't happen, but, like, you know, he just loves his hometown Charlotte, so uh, I, I would choose Steph Curry for the three-point shooting contest. Yeah, well, I'm not going to argue with that pick, Adam. I... I just can't cheer or choose a guy that I don't want to see win. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to avoid Steph Curry and his brother in that case too mm -hmm. from that pick. And I'm, I'm going to go with Buddy Heald. Okay. Buddy Heald, I mean, he's kind of a low-key guy right now. This third year now in the league, uh, he was a lottery pick by mm -hmm. the Pelicans. Yep. And then didn't really show much in his first year. Second year kind of showed some – some glimpses of uh, being that lottery pick talent. But this year he's averaging 20 points a game, and he's knocking down like three and a half threes a game. So he's he's looking like the Buddy Heald that we saw at Oklahoma, mm -hmm. and that's the Buddy Heald that I fell in love with. So I would love to see him show up big again because I remember I I picked Oklahoma to win the, the tournament that year mm -hmm. just because of Buddy Heald. That's yeah. the only reason why. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of cool to see a guy who went all the way through senior year to actually turn into something in the league, at least uh, giving that promise at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, the Kings are, what, one one spot out of the playoffs right now? So it's it's interesting. You they know, have, having, I uh, mean, they just trade for Harrison Barnes, too. And, yeah. I mean, the, the team that's holding that spot ahead of them is the Clippers, who mm -hmm. I think are going to fall out of that based on the trades that they – I mean, they trade away Tobias Harris and Avery mm -hmm. Bradley. So mm -hmm. I think – we could actually see the Kings make the playoffs this year. Which would be really interesting, especially with, what, maybe a third pick, la fifth pick last year? Where were they last they year? Were two. They were they two. They took yeah, Bagley, yeah. too. Yeah, they took Bagley at two, and they have Fox as well over there. and They have a nice young pieces. We could see, we could potentially see, you know, a team come together in Sacramento, which would be very shocking just because I mean, it's been one of the laughingstock teams of the yeah. NBA. So That's another <laughs> area where it's like, you know, Bagley's done all right. He's definitely been playing better late, but what if they took Doncic? Oh, well. Oh. That's that it. I mean, I mean, you could you yeah. could play this game all day. Yeah, but. that would be very yeah very interesting. Um, but I I, I, I like the three point contest, man. They always have solid names that deserve to be there in mm -hmm. this contest. Whereas going on to the next one mm -hmm. with the dunk contest, even though that's the most exciting, exhilarating contest, you know, yeah, it's it's no surprise to anyone that we don't know 
half the names on the list this year, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so well, going off that, uh, we have Miles Bridges, John Collins, Diallo from the Thunder, and Dennis Smith shoot. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. with the Knicks, who was recently tra- uh, traded for Por- uh, Porzingis um, from the Mavericks uh, yeah. earlier last month, this month. I think it was this month. This month was yeah. trade deadline. Yeah. So uh, but that happened a little. Yeah. What What are your thoughts? I guess on the slam dunk contest and the four participants. You know, they're not huge names right now, and yeah, you know, we have uh, Miles Bridges from Charlotte, which is cool. But yeah, what What are your thoughts there? Um, if I were to choose one of the four. I'd go Miles Bridges. Uh, he was fun in, fun in college, and he's playing in front of the hometown crowd. So I feel like that's a lot of what you need for this dunk contest is this is more based on the feedback you're getting from the crowd, how hyped you're getting. And um, I, I think that I would I would vote on Miles Bridges. But I also think with you mentioning that trade with Dennis Smith Jr., I think that, you know, he's, he's a Showtime player. So I think that he could also – come away with this one mm-hmm. and that's the guy i was going to choose is dennis smith uh jr i think that you know new york right now they're competing you know for the tankathon and they're trying to go and get the first overall pick you know so it'd be nice to have you know for the at least the knicks fans okay well we had something you know from this all-star weekend that we can root for and you know we ended up winning and then just you know yeah. go for the rest of the season and try to get zion or barrett or someone you know one of the, i guess one of the duke studs you know but uh yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think Dennis Smith Jr., I'd like to see him win, and I'll just go with that just because he has a little – I'm going to guess he has a little more motivation. He just got traded recently, you know, just wants to make a little splash. You know, he lives. he's at the Big Apple now rather than Dallas. It's a big switch yeah. um, overall there. So I just think that I'll go with Dennis Smith Jr. and just see what happens tonight. So Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's he definitely does have a chip on his shoulder from that trade. You, you mm-hmm. can tell that he was uh, vocal about being displeased by that. So yeah. I think he wants to, to make a big name for himself. Yeah. And, I mean, everybody's going to be watching. So, mm-hmm. so uh, we'll transition from just making a big name in the dunks contest or you know three point contest or um, skills contest to the MVP where these guys are solidified MVP race where that these players are already solidified as the mm-hmm. best in the league and just you know what our overall thoughts are with that. So I'll start a little bit. I think that there's three candidates that are you know front runners right now and then everyone and then this is the field pretty much so i'll start with james harden paul george and the greek freak and i just want to hear your thoughts overall on what you know you think should be mvp and just, i guess reasons behind them and what kind of seasons they're having yeah um you know it's kind of kind of interesting adam i think i was telling you like there's not one player that i feel just confident that they deserve the mvp this year mm-hmm. um you know, usually I feel like there's a player that has a great year and that they deserve it for that great year. And then there's still a player like a LeBron James who truly deserves to get that award for being the most valuable player in the year. Mm-hmm. But with LeBron being out for a good chunk of the season and just him not carrying as much of a presence in the league this year. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel compelled to say that, oh, well, LeBron deserves it because he's obviously the most valuable. Mm-hmm. So, and there's not really another player that I think showcases that, especially because you have Katie and Steph playing on the same mm-hmm. team. So it's hard to decipher who's the most valuable for even just that team, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I guess I would say Steph, but Katie's won the last two finals MVPs for them. Yeah. And then you've also got Draymond Green, but that's a whole mm-hmm. other debate. But Based off of this season's performance, I, get, I guess I would have to give it to Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I say that I'm not as compelled to say that he deserves it because I know he got it last year and I felt like he deserved it last year and that he had been slighted in the past, but it just feels like he's doing the same thing as he did last year. And then it just doesn't amount to, to enough to really be that valuable because he's not winning championships with it. Mm -hmm. Um, But he is averaging 36.6 points a game Mm -hmm. and he's on this, this 30 point, plus uh, a game streak for over 30 games now. I, I think it's still active going into into the uh, All-Star break. I believe it's 31 as of right now, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in 36.6 points a game, I mean, I was trying to look back at um, points per game averages throughout the years, and I think Kobe was like the most recent player to be close to that, and that was like, early like 2010 2011 mm-hmm. it was with 33 points a game so i mean that just goes to show that it might be a different league but it's still super impressive with what he's doing yeah so i think he deserves it based on that mm-hmm. i uh i'll agree with you on that i think harden deserves it right now especially since he's what almost nine point or he's eight points ahead of where paul george is you know and he's the next highest scorer yeah so like that is a significant gap that you don't typically see especially in the nba where it's hard to score 30 points you know you don't see many people average 30 points a game yeah for a year either that's just a very significant thing um and then they're also winning like out of the last 31 games which how long the streak's been uh, they're 21 and 10 over those games. So that's also, you know, he's bringing them back from out of a playoff spot to, the, I think, the fifth seed right now. So that's that's, uh, that's pretty interesting just to see him progress and actually carry a team while scoring. And he also, I mean, they have he has the numbers up there with uh, rebounds and assists, 6.7 rebounds a game, 7.7 assists a game. Like he's really, I mean, he's heavy. He probably has the ball in his hands more than anyone else, especially since Russell Westbrook has taken sort of a back seat with Paul George and allowed him to have an MVP year, which he's obviously proving that he, you know, he could. He may be the best player on the Thunder. I don't know. I mean, it's looking like that right now. You know, mm-hmm. he's defending very well and he's scoring very well and not at an efficient rate as well. So that's pretty nice to see. But uh, I would say that Harden deserves MVP right now. But George is uh, looking like the best two-way player as of right now. I know LeBron's been hurt a little bit, you know, and then Kawhi Leonard's been banged up a little bit. So, But Paul George has really shown that his defensive prowess as well as offensive scoring, you know, and just having his impact on the game. So he's uh, – fit in really well with the Thunder right now. And I think that getting rid of Carmelo Anthony in the offseason was a big plus for the for the uh, Thunder because it gives Paul George more touches, Russell Westbrook more touches, and other players, you know, around them more touches as well. Cause it used to be those three shooting, I would get I think it was over sixty percent of their shots was yep. or maybe even more of uh, um this year. Uh more last year. So that was um that was an issue early on, you know, and not the ball was getting stagnant. You know what I mean? They were getting to get their shots in and then everyone else just had to like wait around, I guess. And it's getting a little more active. Yeah. And then with the defense, Paul George leading the charge with defense, you have Jeremy Grant starting instead of uh, Carmelo. So I think that that's a big plus to the defense, but I mean, Paul George sets the tone defensively and he's leading the team in scoring. So I think that's a big plus. He's carrying the thunder. It's not like, you know, I mean, you, you obviously have two stars on most teams like Carden and Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul has been hurt a little bit. You know, you mentioned Durant and uh, Curry, George and Westbrook, but George has taken that charge over Westbrook, you know, and just driving the Thunder success. And then the Greek Freak, I mean, they're number one in the Eastern Conference, and I know they lost uh, the Eastern Conference, lost LeBron, so that does affect how difficult the conference is, but they still have the Raptors with Kawhi, and you have the Celtics and Sixers, and you had the Pacers with Oladipo, but I think they'll start falling back a little bit now that he has an injury and he'll be out for the rest of the year, but 
it is significant, you know, having maybe I think the best record, if not the second, or maybe the second best record in the league. So I think that um, yeah. I mean they're they're all worthy candidates. I know what you mean. Like LeBron, it's always like, well, he is obviously the most valuable player with without the you know without him being on the Cavs, the Heat, you know, so and so. Like they're not even contending, but with the injury he had this year, and then just not looking—I mean, the team not looking itself—and then the drama around it, and the lack of success. I guess I think they're like tenth in the West right now. It's just not showing as much, you know. Uh, it's not showing. It's not an MVP caliber year, I guess. Let's put it that way. Especially with what we're used to seeing from LeBron. So I would definitely go uh, Harden, Harden uh, one, Paul George two, and then the Greek Freak. Three, but I wanted to ask you, yeah. uh, what do you think Harden will be able to keep up the intensity, just like be, being able to score thirty six point six points a game? You know, uh, play as many minutes as he does. How do you think that'll affect him when the playoffs come around? You know, and he's going to need to continue that whenever the defense steps up and the intensity steps up. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I don't think it will be a problem. Uh, I don't think that it will be a problem for in a standpoint of uh, endurance or. Uh, like, you know, using too much energy in the regular season. Uh, I don't think that this play will translate to the to the playoffs well, though. I mean, I think that he'll be able to do the same things, but I don't think that it's going to be the reason that they move on. Um, so I totally think that this is a sustainable style of play for him. This is just what we've learned James Harden to do. So... I don't see any problem. I mean, right now, he's he's leading the league significantly by his free throw attempts. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that comes with some controversy on whether or not that's a style of play that you like to see or not because it stops the game. But it does stop the game, and it allows him to to rest in between. It's not like he's just going full throttle all 37 minutes that he's actually playing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think that he's – crafted that art in drawing fouls and that he's going to be able to continue to do that mm-hmm. as he has in the past. And that's part of how he gets to his 36 points a game, you know? So yeah. um, out of those 36 points, he's making 10 of his 11 and a half free throws a game. So that's mm-hmm. 10 points right there. And then he's also shooting a significant volume of threes. He's mm-hmm. shooting close to 14 threes a game mm-hmm. and he's making five of those. Yeah. So right there, I mean, simple math, five times three, that's 15 plus the 10 points from his free throws. He's averaging 25 points from just shooting, from just making five threes a game and his 10 free throws a game. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's pretty sustainable for him. Yeah. Unless for for some reason his three-point shooting goes way down Mm -hmm. and he stops getting the calls that he's consistently gotten for the past four or five years. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to, you know, touch on a little bit more is – when the playoffs come around, you know, the refs will the whistle a little bit more, let them play a little bit more, you know. So that does affect – that could affect his game a little bit. And then I don't know if it was fatigue or whatever happens, but in the playoffs, his three-point shooting percentage seems to drop a little bit just because I don't know if he's trying to – you know, the games are close. But, that, but that's where there. I don't think it's a fatigue problem. I think that it, it's a defensive scheme issue okay. where yeah. what he's doing right now is sustainable throughout the rest of the regular season. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And his style of play is sustainable throughout the playoffs, but the defensive scheme against that is going to change. It's going to alter drastically, and um, I mean that's why he's not making as many of those shots because 
you're in a seven game series and you're going to actually uh, draw up a good scheme against that instead of just playing a team once in one one night a yeah. week, you know, like yeah. it's not the same. So okay, okay, cool. So uh, I guess to wrap that up a little bit, what are your top three, you know, MVP candidates and like just yeah. So your order, you had it: Harden, Paul George, and Greek Freak. Yes. So I would have it just switched where I would have Harden, the Greek Freak. And Paul George third. Okay. Even though Paul George is having an incredible year, and I think it's awesome, but I think it's funny because your list. If I were going by players that I would build a team around that I want right now, mm-hmm. I would actually do the complete inverse of your list. I would do Greek Freak one, Harden two, or Paul George two, Harden three. Okay. And I guess that's you know age plays a factor in that. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Greek Freak is just a player that I would I would want most on my team out of those three. Mm-hmm. How much of his three point shooting, you know, percentage woes are a factor to you in that decision? I guess because that's something that would affect mine a little bit. So yeah. I just want to hear your thoughts. That's on, fair, especially know, in a three point <clears throat> shooting league now. Mm-hmm. But I'm not worried with that because it's he's kind of like LeBron. You know, LeBron can obviously shoot way better from three than him, mm-hmm. but the way the team's constructed is they have a bunch of three point shooters surrounding him. So um, he, he draws the defense and he's able to kick it. So I think that that makes up for his inability to shoot the three. He doesn't have to, that's not his role in this offense. They have Middleton, they have Brogdon, they just traded for Mirchich. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they even have Brooke Lopez who's shooting seven threes a game. Yeah. So, and he's knocking down a good chunk of those. So yeah. I don't think it's a problem at all. Yeah. Um, I'd say probably off age, the Greek freak would be a really good piece to have. Um, but I don't know. I'd be torn. I mean, I think Paul George is one of the best two-way players around. You know, yeah. that's a really nice well, piece you, to have. And, and you mentioned his defense. That's a huge yeah. thing. I mean, the Greek freak has length and everything mm-hmm. like that. But if you, And he can – his blocks are up. But from pure defensive standpoint – Paul George. I mean, he's leading the league in steals right now. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know who number two is. It's your boy Russ. Okay. Yeah, the Thunder. That like, like I said, he sets the tone for the Thunder overall, and the defense, you know, follows after that, follows yeah. suit. But and, I should I should note that Harden is three on that list too. Yes, which, which is surprising. Yeah. You don't mean maybe pick and chooses whenever he wants to play some defense. I guess. Yeah, but yeah, he gets knocked on for that all the time. Mm-hmm. Also, when you play, what, 37 minutes a game, you know, you're going to end up well, yeah. with the ball in your hands I guess. I guess right? you could also add that Harden <clears throat> leads the league in turnovers, too. Yeah, I think it's, what is it? He's uh, at 5. 5.4? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, I mean, him and Ross seem to be consistently, you know, turnover kings. But, obviously, when you have the usage rate like that they do, you're going to end up turning the ball over more. Right. You know? And as that's long as you have happen. assists that are, you know, above that, a good amount above that, then you should be good. <clears throat> so, uh I guess we're going to transition a little bit from the uh, MVP conversation to the NBA drafts and, like, the odds, how it was switched up from last year to this year and, like, how we have for the first time – or first first time I think you – in 25 years or so that um, the percentages for each pick is different. So yeah. what – uh I guess what are your thoughts overall on that? Just, you know, give the viewers, like, a little breakdown of what actually happened. Yeah, well, I feel like that's actually a – a big deal that a lot of people might not be uh, too aware of, at least the fans, you know, people are starting to look into it a little more now just because we only have 27 games of basketball left or so. 
so it's starting to matter a little bit more. But, um, I mean, the organizations are definitely aware of it. And I think it's it's definitely designed as like an anti-tanking uh an anti-tanking system. So what Adam was talking about was the first team or the worst team in the league, their, their odds of getting the number one overall pick dropped from 25% all the way down to 14%. And it was always a, like they're the next team. So the second worst team would have 19.9% chance of getting the second or of getting the first overall pick. And then it was just a, a descending order of those percentages from there. Now the top four teams, excuse me, the top three teams all share 14% chance of getting a first overall draft pick. And then they also share the same percentage for these getting a second overall pick, a third overall pick and a fourth overall pick. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty huge. Um, I mean, yeah, and that, that just makes you know the mid round picks or mid first round, I guess mid lottery picks that much more important. One thing that really sticks out to me is the Atlanta trade that um, we saw last year with Luka Doncic and for uh, Trey Young, um, Trey Young and the Dallas Mavericks uh, first round pick, and that's just it's gonna. I think it'll play a role in this draft just because where Dallas is right now, they're at the nine, they're at the ninth pick overall, which would go to Atlanta. They have a 4.5% chance to get the first overall pick and the Hawks um, right now are fifth and they have a 10% chance, 10.5% chance to get the first overall pick. So if you combine those two, that's a 15 point 15% uh, overall, 15% chance to get the first overall pick for the Hawks. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's higher than what Cleveland, New York and the Phoenix Suns have being the um, the three worst three. teams, yeah. yeah. So that's just you know interesting to see how that's GM will end up playing. You know, uh, I guess lottery protection or just like how they overall, you know, adjust their trades towards it and like what the value of these picks are going to yeah. be. You know, especially before they um, are get selected of where are mm -hmm. placed where they're going to be. Yeah, I mean that's that's mm -hmm. how the Cavs got Kyrie. Uh, the Cavs trade Mo Williams for Mo Williams for. Baron Davis's bad contract and in a first round draft pick and the Cavs ended up winning the lottery with the Clippers draft pick and the mm -hmm. Clippers only had like a 4% chance to win it and yeah. the Cavs were like the second worst team in the league that year and they they ended up getting the fourth pick with that with their own so uh I think that's a really good point to bring up that the Hawks I mean they do if they if things if the league ended today if the um year ended today for the NBA, then they would have the highest odds. Mm -hmm. And that's another area that's kind of interesting is that before the first team, the worst team in the league was guaranteed to have either the first, second, or third overall pick. Now they can fall all the way to the fifth pick. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing where... Where there's only like maybe two or three, you know, that typically end up being stars in the draft, you know, big time superstars in the draft. And they usually go early on. Yeah. Like it, each pick matters. That's the difference between Luka Doncic and uh, Trey Young. Right. You know, and the Mavericks and the Hawks original trade. You know, that's, I mean, I, I still think Trey Young has potential to be, you know, a good player in the league. And, but uh, Luka Doncic looks like he's the best player in the draft or he should have yeah. won number one. So it just looks like that's, you know, it, it just shows the value and the drop off between the two. Well, so, 
with the drop off being in the top <clears throat> for the worst teams, I guess you wonder where teams actually benefit. And I guess the big range is eight to 11. So from the eighth worst team to the 11th worst team, their odds doubled mm-hmm. uh, with this new change. So that's kind of huge for their odds of getting a number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. But the reason that now many people are talking about the lottery NBA lottery right now is because you know, the playoffs are about 25 games away. You know, the trade deadline's over with, so teams are set. The teams are set, other than, like, teams getting cut and waived and additions like that, like Marquise Morris with um, the, the Thunder recently for my team. But we're not going to see much change in the rosters. This is the team that they're going to go to war with in the playoffs. So um, that's pretty – that's exciting. And I just want to hear your thoughts overall on, you know, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, pretenders and contenders, and just what we think – or what you think overall, you know, what you're looking for and – what you're excited about in each conference? Yeah, uh, I guess I would have to start off by saying I'm super interested with the East this year, mm-hmm. and that's a huge difference from the past eight years. I mean, we all know the big factor of LeBron leaving changes things, mm-hmm. but I I think that it's a top-heavy Eastern Conference where you've got the Bucks, Raptors, Boston, and Philly, all who could make it. I mean, at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season, I think I said – even on one of our podcasts that I would give it to the Raptors and I, because I think that they deserve it with Kawhi mm-hmm. and just seeing what Kawhi can do. Um, and then they even added Marcus all through this, through this uh, trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was not a huge addition, but a solid addition. Yeah. Um, so if I were to, to pick a team out of the East, I would still go with the Raptors. Okay. But the bucks have consistently been at the top of the list mm-hmm. and Houston, or sorry, not Houston. Uh, <laughs> Philly just added Tobias Harris, like we were talking about, and yeah, I mean, with that starting five, they don't have much depth, but you've got a starting five of Ben Simmons, JJ Redick, Tobias Harris, um, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. I almost forgot their fifth. They, yeah. yeah, they have Jimmy <clears throat> Butler too. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. So they're hard to choose against too. And then Boston, I think that they kind of fell to three for me Mm -hmm. Um, just because – three or four, just because they haven't been able to put it all together this year. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They they pushed the Cavs to seven games. They did that without Kyrie and Hayward, but now they're having trouble transitioning back into giving Kyrie and Hayward those minutes that they deserve. Mm -hmm. Hayward's come back from this injury a little bit slower than they expected – and now it's affecting the young guys because it affects their minutes. Mm. And they haven't – Jason Tatum and Brown have not been providing like they did last year because they're not getting the minutes they're comfortable with. Yeah. So, I don't know. That being said, I, I remember like a month ago watching ESPN and seeing Toronto versus Boston, and it was just – it was an awesome game. It went down to, to the last seconds. Kawhi scored 30-plus points, and he was going off. And – Kyrie was answering him though. Kyrie came up clutch down the down the final stretch, and mm-hmm. that would just be a fun series to watch. And yeah. any of those would be Bucks versus Sixers. That'd be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, any which way you you spin those four teams, yeah. I think that you're going to get a good team out of the East. But even better, just quality Eastern Conference 
finals and semifinals matchups. So I'm excited for that. I have two questions for you then on uh, just overall the Eastern Conference. What would you think would be the best one-on-one matchup overall in the East? And then what team do you think could give the Warriors the most trouble? Or I guess anyone come out of the West, but I think that most people think the Warriors are heavy favorites. So let's start with them because they're defending champs, you know. So let's just start with that. Who do you, what do you think the best one-on-one matchup would be in the East, like player-wise? And then what team do you think could give the Warriors the most trouble? That's a tough question because, mm-hmm. like I said, it's very up in there between those four teams the Bucks, the Raptors, and Celtics and Sixers. Mm-hmm. It's hard to to choose against Milwaukee because they have Giannis, you know, MVP candidate right now. They have a solid coach and system in place with uh, Budenheiser, and they're first in the East, so they could very well have home court advantage. But there's just something like within my gut that still says that the Raptors, Boston, and Sixers have a better chance for some reason. Okay. Um, that being said, I still think that when it comes down to it, I I see it being the Raptors coming out of the East, and I see them going through Boston. Okay, that's just how my gut feels right now. And you think that they would give the Warriors the best chance or best? Um, I think they it, would because it. they have the most depth and they have Kawhi on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I think the Sixers could also be interesting if they can fit it all together with their players. Yeah. They would have the next best five starting five mm-hmm. to line up against the Warriors starting five. Okay. Um, both teams kind of lack in their depth, especially mm-hmm. the Sixers, and the Warriors don't. Mm-hmm. But I think the Sixers, in terms of putting the five best players out on the court against the five best players on Golden State's team, I think the Sixers have a decent chance to compete. But that just comes down to how well they gel by the end of the season because they have a bunch of new faces and also um, how much they have to rely on their bench and their depth. Because mm-hmm. if it comes to that, then they're out. Mm-hmm. What about the uh, one-on-one matchup, I guess, from the Stars in the East? You know, you have Embiid, you have the Greek Freak, you have Kawhi, you have Kyrie. What kind of Stars matchup would you like to see, you know, go at? Well, that's what I was referencing okay. earlier was uh, – the, with the Raptors Boston game, just seeing okay. Kawhi go down and, and knock down a jumper and then Kyrie have to answer him. Mm-hmm. I think even though it's not necessarily a head to head matchup, I think that Kyrie and Kawhi are the most fun to watch um, mm-hmm. just on both ends of the court for their respective teams. Okay. But it would be fun to see MB battling down low with, uh, with, the Greek freak. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to see, um, I think I'd like to see Kawhi go against the Greek freak and just see how that ends up, you know, because I mean, he, right now he can dominate anything he wants. Like he's so athletic. He's in the MVP uh, race right now. Like we mentioned earlier, I just like to see someone like Kawhi, who's known as a lockdown defender, you know, does very well against um, a lot of the stars. So I just like to see that overall. And I think that'd be a pretty good matchup. I think the best team of the team that could give the, Warriors the best run for their money would be uh in my mind the Boston Celtics I I still think Kyrie's done it before he's a good leader but we talked about Jason Tatum earlier but you know um Brown as well as Rozier and I think they have a good amount of depth Hayward you know they have a lot of wing guys and if they can piece it together which I think Brad Stevens is a great coach as well you know he's not 
I don't know if he's where Pop is, you know what I mean, overall, but I think that having that piece there, he could really they could really just like mix it up with the Warriors and just have multiple switches and not worry about like, okay, you're on Curry, you know, you know, you mean know, ground the Tatum on Curry. It's not like it's a huge matchup Kyrie. He's done it before. So I think that I would I would choose Boston, especially with the, the coaching like you talked about with Milwaukee. I think that Boston also has very good coaching. Um it's I, a tough pick. Yeah, I think Toronto is also up there though, because he can guard Kawhi decently, and they've been their record's been amazing. You know, in the past few years in the Eastern Conference, like they've been the I think they were one seed last year. They've always been like top three, but they haven't been able to push it over the hump. And now that they traded um, for Kawhi Leonard and only traded away pretty much to Rosen, that's a significant upgrade. You know what I mean? We talked about like how the best team are the. Um, Teams that win the trade typically get the best player. Kawhi Leonard is obviously a better player than DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan's a good player, but you know Kawhi's uh, one of the best two-way players that we've seen in a while. So and I they, think that that would be did that again with uh, <clears throat> their most recent trade with Pau Gasol. Mm-hmm. I mean, they gave away their big man Pusevich, mm-hmm. and they gave away uh, one of their role players, right? But they came away with the best player there too. Yeah. So. I mean, they have they have Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is playing real well this season. Um, Kawhi Leonard, and they have Marcus Hall. I mean, that's a solid, mm-hmm. solid four right there with a boatload of depth mm-hmm. in role players. So as of right now, you see like February sixteenth, you see the Toronto Raptors in the finals. As of right now, I that's do. Team? Okay. I do. Okay, from the East. All right. Well, let's transition a little bit and just talk about the Western Conference. You know, it's a little more. Competitive, I guess all teams in the playoffs are, have overwinning records, and the Sacramento Kings are three games above 500, so, and they're out of the playoffs right now, so it's just a little more competitive. Um, we have a few surprises, I, at least in my eyes, Denver being up there, and um, it's not, yeah. So let's just let, let's hear your thoughts over on the Western Conference and who you think contenders and pretenders are, and then what you're looking most forward to in the playoffs. Yeah, so Western Conference, I think my interest in – I. I would think is safe to say a lot of people's interest is just if the Lakers and LeBron are going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. right now, they're sitting at the 10 mm-hmm. spot, one game under 500 and they're three games back from that eight spot that the Clippers hold right now. I think the Clippers, they're kind of in tank phone right now because it, if they make the playoffs then Boston gets their draft pick. And if they don't, then they keep their draft pick and mm-hmm. it's a lottery pick. So it, it makes sense for them to continue taking, but for some reason they're just like, they're they're good with Doc Rivers at head coach, so you never know what goes goes on there. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think it's a toss up between the Lakers, the Kings, and maybe even potentially the Timberwolves who are sitting in the eleven spot, uh, one game behind the Lakers, mm-hmm. to make that eight spot, or at least to make the playoffs wherever they land then. And I would not be surprised. This sounds weird saying, but if the Kings snatch up that last spot. Okay. Um, I just think that they're playing really well with De'Aaron Fox and and uh, Buddy Heald, like we mentioned before. Um, they're a lot of fun right now, and they even just trade for Harrison Barnes. Like, mm-hmm. I think we might have mentioned that too. So they're, they're trying to win now. But you can't bet against LeBron. So I just cannot fathom LeBron James – not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's let alone not making the conference finals. Like yeah. that's I mean, I don't think that he will 
necessarily. Last time we saw that, but it's just that's why it's so so. hard for me to see it. Yeah, yeah. So I think the Lakers are going to make it. I really do. Especially (coughs) that's contingent upon their team staying healthy, though. Mm -hmm. Because if Rondo stays healthy and LeBron stays healthy, I think they'll make the playoffs. I I think that's. The Lakers are very interesting as well. I think Vegas, or at least there was a few sport books in Vegas that gave the Lakers under 50% chance of making the playoffs. And that was the first time I think all year they gave that, you know. And it's getting later in the season, you know, and the records, like the closer you get to the end of the season and you're not in the playoffs, the less likely, you know, there is because there's not as much time to move up. But, uh, yeah, I think that – I just think the Lakers are going to make the playoffs. I think that they're, uh, they'll get the eighth seed in my mind. Um, they'll jump the Kings just because – the Kings are really young, and you know sometimes you have fatigue when you're young and you're not. You you come transition from college. You know you said Buddy Yields, three years in the league. Marvin Bagley just you know it's his first year, and then you have um Fox, Fox, it's Fox second. second year. You know I think that there could they could hit a wall potentially and drop off a little bit. You talked about the Clippers trading away two of their better players. You know and, and almost a tank mode kind of thing, tank mode yeah. s kind of thing. You know so I think that uh I can see the Lakers making it, but I could see Minnesota potentially making a push there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens and how the dysfunction in the Lakers locker room could uh, affect things like that. So that's um, that's what I'd be looking for big time there. And then like towards the top, I just want to see if Denver's for real or not. You know, that's something that I'm not entirely sure. They have a 500 record at, at away games. You know, and you play half your contest um, away games uh, away in the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. But at home, they're 25 and four, so it's almost like they're unbeatable there. So I just want to see well, if they hold that top spot, then that, that might mm-hmm. not matter until they reach the conference finals against Golden State potentially. Yeah, but th- that'll be but that's that's something I'm very interested in seeing. I don't and, think uh, there's a true contender against Golden State. I mean, I think Golden State has this wrapped up, but I think what's interesting to see in the West is how the seeding plays out because if the Lakers do get that eight spot, then Golden State's going to have to go through the Lakers in the first round. And then right now the Trailblazers are sitting in four. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the they're sandwiched by the Rockets at five and the Thunder at three. Mm-hmm. So the Warriors could potentially have to play LeBron James and the Lakers in the first round and then move on to the second round to Russell Westbrook and Paul George or James Harden and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. And that's before they even make the Western Conference champ- championship game. Mm-hmm. So in that, those are the teams that I'd be most concerned of seeing for the Warriors to go up against. Yeah. And that's two series shy of taking the crown already. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking for in the West. So we did this in the East already, but who do you think, I guess, does, you know, you've given it to the Warriors already. You know, you're saying that if you're going to the finals, barring injury or anything, you know, drastic like that. Who do you, who would you say in the West gives the Warriors the biggest, is the biggest threat to the Warriors? <sighs> that's tough. Um, I would have to give it oh – I'm inclined to say the Rockets or the Thunder just because we saw the Rockets take them to seven games last year, um, and then Chris Paul got injured. And I don't think Chris Paul's the same player. I think he's already starting to, to descend uh, in his talent, but having him there definitely doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I think with Paul George really finding his role with OKC and Russ, finding out how to play with him – I think that they could also give them a good run for their money. I want to say Denver as well, but it's just hard to say because we didn't even see Denver in the playoffs last year. Yeah. But they do have depth in their solid squad. All yeah. of that being said, though, I don't think anyone really gives them a run for their money. Okay. Either conference, not even the Raptors fully? 
I think I think the Raptors could take them six games. And okay. That's, that's the most that I would get. So you give the Raptors the best shot of beating them out yeah. of any team in the NBA right now. Okay. Yeah. I think that um, I think the Thunder in the West give the well, would give the Warriors the most difficulty just because Russ is Fury. He can he plays Curry really well, and that's you know the the heart of their team. It just drives them. He moves the ball around. He gets them going. You know, and having Paul George play the defense like he has been this year, we've talked about this already. Um, I think that that could affect KD, and that's their two yeah. biggest threats, you know. And Stephen Adams, he can play boogie all right. You know what I mean? It's not like he's going to get bullied around there either. So it's pretty much just like having Terrence Ferguson be able to guard Clay Thompson and then just see what happens with Jermaine Grant and Draymond Green. I don't think Green's going to be, you know. We have multiple – the Thunder have multiple players that can affect KD as well. It's not like it's going to be just Paul George. And so. the Thunder, I mean, they've added – a lot of uh, small chips, but some key pieces with um, upgrading Carmelo Anthony to Janice Schroeder and then also adding Nerlens Noel as a rim protector just for the few minutes that he's in. Mm-hmm. And then I think you just mentioned Marquise Morris. Yeah, we just they added really him. Recently, added? Yeah. yeah, we just added him. That's um, huge. Yeah, so he'll be a good I mean, they're pretty well. deep, actually. Yeah, I mean, they're not, they're not too bad. And, I mean, that's a lot – I think that's a big piece just – to give like okay, here's ten minutes on KD or like five minutes on KD. Give Paul George a break. Jermaine Grant, you know Jeremy Grant, he can guard KD as well, just with length. You know what I mean? And just slow him down a little bit because you're not going to be able to stop him in any means of it. But like but you're going to be able to slow him down. When it comes down to it, Adam, <clears throat> you have two premier all stars in Russell Westbrook and Paul George going mm-hmm. up against five premier all stars. Regardless of your take on Demarcus Cousins coming off of his Achilles, he's shown that he's still has it in the tank he might not be the demarcus cousins but mm-hmm. he's still a wrecking force yeah. so i just think five is greater than two i uh i am more concerned about demarcus cousins than i am of draymond green i think that in the playoffs i'm not a huge uh, he doesn't cause a huge concern for me just because he doesn't score like he just gets in funks in the playoffs where he just can't but he shoot. doesn't he hurt doesn't them get, he doesn't hurt them unless he does technicals, I guess. But I just not like I, I wouldn't say he's premier all star. Like I'd rather have Steven Adams than Draymond Green in my mind. I just don't think oh, that. You know what I mean? Stuff you're like saying that. you're more so, concerned with Draymond than I, I, No, I, I I'm more concerned about Marcus Cousins, you know, beating the Thunder than Draymond. I don't think Draymond has it to beat him. You know what I mean? He can play defense, which is really well, and that that can cause problems but for us. But that's but, the thing is, you don't need those guys to beat them. You yeah. have three guys ahead of the yeah. That's their and then Clay Thompson fourth as well, and fifth who's, um, option. Yeah, Clay Thompson who can just light it up, and that is a that's definitely a threat. You know, yeah. Just as, if he's hot, then it's pretty much over for almost any team. So, uh, yeah. So I guess to wrap this up a little bit, right now I have the um, I do have the Warriors, and then I have the Warriors facing the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals as of right now at the All Star break. And uh, how many games do you think Boston could take them to? I think they could take him to seven, but I think that it would end in five. I think they could take him to seven, but I think that it would end in five. So that's I'm, I'm you know, I would if I had to put money on, I would say well, I'm Warriors in five, but I wouldn't be like so. Their slow start surprised. to the season doesn't concern you. It, it doesn't concern me because they figured it out in the playoffs last year. You know what I mean? Like they went seven games against the Sixers and then they went seven games against the Cavs. Like I think that they'll be able to figure it out, and there's more time to gel. And I think the, um, Brad Stevens would be a factor in figuring it out but we'll see there and then you have the raptors versus the warriors and any more comments you want to add to that no no i mean so i i still think that it's a safe bet to say that the warriors have this one wrapped up okay 
So uh, thank you for listening in today, and that's uh, that's our show. So be sure to check us out on Twitter, and uh, thank you. <laughs> All right. See you.